Up the Got middle. Baez has it. It's a no-hitter. The former college walk-on has made history. Albert Skying went down the left field line, hit well. He's watching this one go. That is gone. Big fly number 660 for Albert Pools. He has just now tied Willie Mays on the all-time home run list. Ah, uh, yes. We are back here on MLB Morning Coffee. Happy Monday. The regular season ends just 13 days from today. That means we've got playoff baseball on the horizon. A lot of things to talk about today. We're going to do a weekend whip around where we'll recap every game from the past three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Look ahead to today's ball games. We are also going to go through the standings to give you an update in regards to where everybody is in terms of seating and the wild cards. And we're going to go through some stats as well. Make sure that you write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. It helps out our metrics tremendously. Our listenership has not been high recently, but again, I also haven't been doing a show every day. My goal is to make sure that a show gets done every day until the playoffs start, and then obviously every day during the playoffs. So I'm hoping that as the season comes to a close, I'm going to get back on track. Thanks to everybody who listened to Friday's episode. It is much appreciated. So we've got a lot of stuff to get into, so where do we start? I want to first start off with the story du jour, Alec Mills' no-hitter on Sunday against the Brewers. Now, there have been two no-hitters in Major League Baseball this season, both of them coming from the Chicago teams. You had Lucas Giolito at the end of August with his no-hitter, and now you have Alec Mills up in Milwaukee with his. The Cubs beat the Brewers 12 to nothing, and Alec Mills, not only is this his first complete game, but this was his first, obviously, no-hitter, being that it was his first complete game. Three walks and five strikeouts over his nine hitless innings. He is now 5-3 and three on the season. He threw 114 pitches. Pretty darn cool. By the way, fun fact, because of a hurricane, the only other no-hitter that was thrown in the history of Miller Park was Carlos Zambrano and the Cubs against the Houston Astros. That was a neutral site game because of hurricane issues in Houston. I believe that was in 2008. That's pretty remarkable that only two no-hitters have happened in the now 19-year history of Miller Park. One of them was the Cubs against not the Brewers, and now one of them against the Brewers. So two no-hitters. Alec Mills goes from being a former college walk-on at Tennessee Martin to being a guy that now is in the history books as having thrown a no-hitter. So pretty darn cool. We'll start off our recaps with the Cubs and the Brewers. Another really cool milestone that happened on Sunday. Albert Pujols hit his 660th career home run, tying Willie Mays on the all-time list. That is awesome. That's something that we've been waiting for for a while now because Albert Pujols was stuck on 659 for... The better part of it seemed like two weeks, so now he's tied for fifth all-time. Albert Pujols has a chance, a chance to get into the 700 homer club. It's an outside chance, but he has one. It would have to be next season. I believe next season is the last on the original 10-year contract that Pujols signed with the Angels. I will double-check that, but 
An amazing career for Albert Pujols. When he hits 661, he'll be fifth all-time on his own. A guy that has done it the right way. I know that there were some people that, and Jack Clark being one of them, that thought that he had been using steroids. There's no proof as to that. And yes, he is signed through the 2021 season. He is 40 years of age. So at $24 million a year, they're not going to cut him. So he'll be on the roster next year. Albert Pujols is basically going to have to hit 30-plus homers at age 41 if he wants to get to 700. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that it's very likely that he gets into the 680s, but I don't think he's going to get all the way to 700. It would be a tremendous accomplishment if he did. He, by the way, needs 37 homers to pass Alex Rodriguez for fourth all-time, Babe Ruth at 714. He is third all-time, Hank Aaron at 755. He is second all-time. Barry Bonds at 762 is first. Obviously, a lot of people question the numbers of A-Rod and Bonds because of steroids, but if David Ortiz gets in on the first ballot next year, you throw every argument about steroids out the window because David Ortiz was a steroid user, per the Mitchell Report, and per Biogenesis, I believe. So I think it's a double standard if you keep Bonds and A-Rod out and you let David Ortiz in. So congrats to Albert Pujols on tying Willie Mays for the all-time record. I think it would be really cool if Willie Mays made a video to honor Albert Pujols passing him on the all-time list. By the way, I think it is really darn cool that of the top five home run hitters of all time, four of them are still alive. Willie Mays is 89. He will be 90 on May 6th of 2021. So Willie Mays, that's awesome. That Willie Mays is still alive. A-Rod obviously still alive. Hank Aaron's still alive. Barry Bond's still alive. Babe Ruth being the only one of them that has passed. So great to see that Albert Pujols has finally tied Willie Mays. Expect him to break that record, hopefully before the end of the season, and move into fifth on his own. Next thing I wanted to talk about. The Oakland A's lost Matt Chapman for the season due to hip surgery. The Oakland A's are one of the best teams in all of Major League Baseball, and they have a chance to be the number one seed in the American League. He gives you a lot on defense, so losing him for the season is a big blow. The A's decided to sign Jake Lamb, who was recently DFA'd by the Diamondbacks. Jake Lamb is a solid replacement for Matt Chapman, but he's not Matt Chapman. So in a year where the A's thought they had a chance to be the number one seed and potentially win it all, they have lost their overall best defensive player. And while Chapman was not having a great season offensively, there is nothing that can replace the defense of arguably the best defensive third baseman in all of baseball, potentially the best defensive player in all of baseball for his position. Now, a lot of White Sox fans are going to say, oh my gosh, Luis Robert? Best center fielder in baseball? Yeah, I think Luis Robert is probably the best defensive center fielder in baseball. But what Matt Chapman does at the hot corner is unparalleled by anybody in Major League Baseball. So losing him is a huge blow to what the Oakland A's are trying to do this year. Next topic before we get into the whip around. Major League Baseball is close to approving a neutral site postseason plan. So this to me is intriguing because baseball knows that they can't have another COVID outbreak, and that'll be my final topic on, you know what, let's just call this the Daily Grounds. We're going to say that this is the Daily Grounds, 
before we go into the recaps. I'm not going to put in the coffee transition noise for it because I'd rather just keep rolling on this. And we'll just keep moving from topic to topic to topic. You understand that I'm transitioning. So Major League Baseball knows they can't have another COVID outbreak. And a neutral site playoffs is probably the way that you're able to minimize the variables. Now, it's intriguing what they decided to do because it's not a pure bubble, but rather hub cities like the NHL did. But Major League Baseball did not want to give any team home field advantage, so here's how they did it. In the wild card round, which is going to be the 1 versus 8, 2 versus 7, 3 versus 6, and 4 versus 5, it's going to be at the home team's ballpark, or rather the team with a better records ballpark, the whole series. Now, baseball doesn't want to give any team home field advantage, so this is what they decided to do for the AL and NLDS. One series of the ALDS is going to be played at Dodger Stadium. The other is going to be played at Petco Park in San Diego. In the National League, one NLDS is going to be played at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, the brand new stadium for the Rangers that looks like a grill. (laughs) Yes, it does look like a grill. And the other is going to be played at Minute Maid Park in Houston. ALCS will be at Petco Park. NLCS will be at Globe Life Field. The World Series will be at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. Now, there's no worry about the Rangers making the World Series. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. They might finish last in the AL West. Major League Baseball doesn't want to give any team a home field advantage, which is why they're having the National League teams play in the American League ballparks and vice versa. Also, they want travel to be minimized, which is why They're keeping it within 100 miles or about 100 miles between Petco, San Diego, and L.A., and also just keeping it in the state of Texas, Houston, and Arlington. Now, Houston and Arlington are a lot further apart than L.A. and San Diego, but there weren't really a whole lot of other options if you wanted to keep this non-home field advantage thing a possibility. And the reason is, is that there aren't really any other locales where two ballparks in the exact same league are that close to each other. Giants and A's, different leagues. Yankees and Mets, different leagues. You could, in theory, have had games in Pennsylvania with the Phillies and the Pirates ballparks, but I think weather is going to be a concern, or at least they want to make it a concern, which is why they chose retractable roofs in Texas and the climate of Southern California. Although, let me just tell you, the wildfires in California right now are an absolute disaster. It has been just a nightmare in regards to air quality all throughout the West Coast, California, Oregon, and Washington. Here in San Francisco, we have gotten a lot of bad air. We had orange sky last week. I don't think I ever would have thought that we would have orange sky. It looked like something out of Blade Runner. But if you are wondering what I was talking about, go on Google and search San Francisco Orange Sky. But anyways, neutral site playoffs, it has not yet been approved, but that is the plan. The union has to approve it. I don't necessarily think they will, at least unanimously. It might take some negotiating, but this is what Major League Baseball wants to do in order to make sure the playoffs get finished. And that leads me to the final story The Giants and Padres were postponed on Friday and Saturday because of a positive COVID test from the Giants organization. A lot of rumors and reporting said that it was outfielder Alex Dickerson. 
Turns out it was a false positive, and the Giants and Padres could return to play immediately, so they played a doubleheader on Sunday, and they're just going to have to make up one more game. Alex Dickerson was furious because he said that people were lambasting allegations at him, even though he has a wife that is 39 weeks pregnant, which, if I'm thinking about the calendar, that baby's about ready to come out. So that's not a risk that he would ever take. Make sure you get your story straight, and I have a feeling I know who this was. It was USA Today's Bob Nightingale. There are many people that listen to this show that think I am weirdly obsessed with criticizing Bob Nightingale. But this is totally something Bob Nightingale would do, is to put out some false accusation against a guy without checking his sources. So it comes back that it's a false positive, and Nightingale looks like an absolute clown. And I feel bad for Alex Dickerson. But what does it say at this point? That we're almost done with this shortened regular season and we still can't get the testing right. It's been a lot better in the last three weeks than it was in the first three weeks. But testing is still not where it should be. And I think we all know that. Glad to see that the Giants and the Padres got back underway yesterday. So without further ado, we are going to give you the whip around. We will start with Friday's games. So we had a bunch of doubleheaders on Friday. Let's start off with the Yankees and the Orioles. It was a doubleheader sweep for New York. 6-0 in game one, 10-1 in game two. Cole the winner in game one, five and three. Alex Cobb the loser, one and four. Cole went seven innings of shutout baseball, which is a complete game. One walk, nine strikeouts, just two hits allowed. Homers for the Yankees, DJ LeMahieu, his sixth. Brett Gardner, his fourth. Higashioka, his first for New York. Game two, Yankees 10-1 winners. Masahiro Tanaka, the win, 2-2. Aiken, the loss, 0-1. Tanaka, five innings of one-run baseball. Luke Voigt hit two homers. He's got 16 DJ Stewart hit his sixth bomb for Baltimore. Yankees 24 and 21, Orioles 20 and 24. The second doubleheader of the day was the Phillies and the Marlins. They split this twin bill, both games in Miami. Phillies an 11-0 shutout win in game one. Nola the winner, 5-3. Trevor Rogers the loser, 1-1. One one. Nola allows three hits in seven shutout innings, a complete game because doubleheaders in this season are just seven-inning ball games. No walks and ten strikeouts. Homers in the game for Philly. Andrew McCutcheon his sixth. Reese Hoskins his tenth. Game two saw the Marlins as 5-3 winners over Philadelphia. Hoyt the winner 2-0, Suarez the loser 0-1, Garcia picks up his first save. Marlins 21-20, Phillies 22-20. Homers in the game, Lewis Brinson his third for Miami, no homers for Philadelphia. We go to Washington, extra innings, a 12-inning battle between the Braves and the Nationals. It was 1-8-7 Washington winners. They win on a walk-off single by Michael A. Taylor in the bottom of the 12th inning. Burke the winner, 1-0. Dayton the loser, 2-1. Washington, 17-26. Braves, 26-19. Homers in the game. Marcelo Zuna, his 14th for Atlanta. For Washington, Eric Thames, his third. Jan Gomes, his third. We've had a lot of very lopsided scores as of late. 
This one was no different in Buffalo. The New York Mets, 18-1 winners over the Toronto Blue Jays. DeGrom the winner, 4-1. Chase Anderson the loser, 0-1. Ramirez the save, his first. And by the way, he gets a save because he goes the final three innings. This, once again, the ridiculous save rule. Mets had a 10-run fourth inning. Homers in the game. Conforto his ninth. Dominic Smith his eighth for New York. Also, Wilson Ramos hit his fourth. No homers for Toronto. Mets 21-24. and 24, Blue Jays 24-20. and 20. Tampa Bay hosted Boston. They whipped up on the Red Sox 11-1. Blake Snell the winner 4-1. Matt Hall the loser 0-3. Rays 29-16. Red Sox 16-30. Homers in the game. Yoshi Sutsugo his seventh for Tampa. Nate Lowe hits two for Tampa. He's got two. By the way, Tampa has Nate Lowe spelled L-O-W-E and Brandon Lau spelled L-O-W-E. Go figure there. Boston, meanwhile, did not have a homer in the ballgame. Kansas City, 4-3 winners over Pittsburgh at Kauffman Stadium. Chris Bubich gets his first Major League win. He is 1-5, one, one run on six hits over five innings. Stephen Brault, the loser, he is 0-3, three, three runs in four innings. Adalberto Mondesi hit his third homer for Kansas City. Josh Bell, his fifth for Pittsburgh. Royals, 18-28. and 28. Pirates, 14-28. and 28. Down to Globe Life Field, A's beat up on the Rangers 10-6. Mike fires the win, he's 5-2. Garcia the loss, he is 0-2. Matt Olson hit his 13th homer. Sean Murphy hit his 5th homer. Robbie Grossman hit his 5th homer. For Texas, they had 2 homers. Elvis Andrews, his 3rd. Rugnet Odor, his 4th. A's 28-15. Rangers 15-29 on the year. Twins over the Indians, 3-1 at Target Field. Kenta Maeda, the winner, 5-1. Maeda goes seven innings of shutout baseball, four hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts. Shane Bieber picks up his first loss. He is 7-1, three runs on five hits over seven innings, two walks and eight strikeouts. Taylor Rogers picks up his ninth save for the Twinkies. Homers in the game for Minnesota. Byron Buxton, his seventh. Jeffers, his second for Minnesota. Jose Ramirez hits his tenth for Cleveland. Minnesota, 28-18. Cleveland, 26-19. White Sox, 4-3 winners over the Detroit Tigers. Evan Marshall, the winner, 2-1. Cisnero, the loser, 2-3. Alex Colome gets his tenth save. Lucas Giolito got the start for the White Sox. He allowed three runs in five and two-thirds innings. Former number one overall pick Casey Mize got the start for Detroit. He allowed two runs in five innings of work. Homers in the game, Eloy Jimenez, a three-run shot, his 12th of the year. White Sox 28-16, and 16, Tigers 20-24. and 24. Milwaukee, 1-0 winners over the Chicago Cubs on Friday night. Josh Hader with the win. He is 1-1. One one. Rowan Wick with a loss, 0-1. The only run of the game scored on a walk-off sack fly by Ryan Braun. Yes, this was a 0-0 ball game going into the bottom of the ninth inning. That is what I call a good old-fashioned pitcher's duel. Reds beat the Cardinals 3-1 at Bush Stadium. Two runs in the first and one in the third. Luis Castillo, the winner, 2-5. 
He goes a complete game, one run on two hits, three walks and six strikeouts. Adam Wainwright picks up his first loss of the year. He is 4-1, and one, three runs on eight hits over six innings. Only homer in the game came from Joey Votto, a two-run shot against Wainwright in the first inning. Reds 20-25, and 25, Cardinals 19-19. and 19. Colorado doubled up the Anaheim Angels 8-4 thanks to a walk-off grand slam by Charlie Blackman. It was a 4-3 Angels lead going to the bottom of the ninth. Ryan McMahon ties the game with his seventh homer, and then Charlie Blackman wins it with a walk-off grand slam, his sixth bomb of the year. Daniel Bard, the winner, he is 3-2 after he gave up a run to the Angels in the ninth. The loser, Ty Buttry, he is 1-3. Rockies 21-23, Angels 18-28. Finally, Arizona edged Seattle 4-3. Alex Young, the winner, 2-3. You say Kikuchi, the loser, he's 2-3. Stefan Crichton, the save, his first of the year. I actually believe it's pronounced Crichton. I'll have to double-check that. Young pitched five and a third innings out of the bullpen in relief of Caleb Smith, allowed two runs in those five and a third innings. Mariners 19 and 25, Diamondbacks 17 and 29. That's Friday's ball games. Let's move on to Saturday. We'll start again in New York. Yankees walk-off winners over the Orioles in 10 innings, 2-1. Holder the winner, 3-0. Harvey the loser, 0-2. Winning run scored on a Luke Voigt sack fly. There were no homers in the game. Combined, there were just nine hits. Yankees 25-21, Orioles 20-25. A's and Rangers had a doubleheader. Texas won game one, 5-2. Benjamin the winner, 1-0. Dalton Jeffries took the loss, 0-1, in his Major League debut. Rafael Montero, his eighth save. Homers in the ball game. Rugnet Odor, his fifth for Texas. Ronald Guzman hit his third. Rangers scored all five of their runs in the bottom of the first inning. A's pounded Texas 10-1 in game two. Chris Bassett, the winning pitcher, he is 4-2. Six innings of one-run baseball for him. Colby Allard, the loss, he is 0-6. He allows six runs in one inning of work. That inning, by the way, was the second inning. He pitched a scoreless first and did not record an out in the second as he gave up six runs in a seven-run A's second inning. Oakland, 29-16, Rangers 16-30. Homers in the game. Joey Gallo hits his ninth for Texas. That was the only run of the game for the Rangers. For Oakland, Marcus Simeon hit his sixth, a two-check-that-three-run shot. To Washington, Braves got revenge for the extra-inning walk-off by Washington. They edge Washington 2-1. Ian Anderson, the winner, 3-0. Patrick Corbin, the loser, 2-5. Mark Melanson, the save, his 10th. Anderson, seven innings of one-hit ball, no runs allowed, three walks, and nine strikeouts. No homers were hit in this ball game. Atlanta, 27-19. Nationals, 17-27. Phillies double up the Marlins, 12-6 in this weird seven-game series. Heath Hembree, the winner, 3-0. Jose Urania, the loser, 0-1. Hembree came in relief of Howard, an inning and a third out of the bullpen for him. Urania went four and a third, allowed six runs, five of them earned. Homers in the game for Miami. 
Brian Anderson his sixth, Jesus Aguilar his sixth. For Philly, Didi Gregorius his seventh, Bryce Harper hit his eighth. Phillies 23-20, Marlins 21-21. Blue Jays 3-2 winners over the Mets in Buffalo. Robbie Ray the winner. Hey, good to see Robbie Ray in the win column. He is 2-4. and four. That goes back to his starts in Arizona. Seth Lugo, the loser, he is 2-3. and three. Rafael Dolis picks up the save, his fourth of the year. By the way, worth noting, Robbie Ray, only two walks in five innings, one run allowed, four hits. He struck out five. Toronto, 25-20. and 20. New York falls to 21-25. and 25. Homers in the game, there were none of them. All right? Good. Rays over the Red Sox 5-4. Winning pitcher Tyler Glasnow, 3-1. Walden the loser, 0-2. Diego Castillo with his fourth save. Glasnow allows four runs in seven innings of work. Rays got homers from Austin Meadows, his fourth. Brandon Lau, his twelfth. For Boston, Michael Chavis got into the home run conversation. He hit his third. Arroyo, his first for the Bo Sox. Rays 30 and 16, Red Sox 16 and 31. Royals another win. They go up on Pittsburgh 7 to 4. Kyle Zimmer the winner 1 and 0. Trevor Williams with the loss, he is 1 and 7. Greg Holland the save, his fifth as he has retaken the closer's role after Kansas City traded Trevor Rosenthal to San Diego. Homers in the game, Whit Merrifield is ninth, Alberto Mondesi his fourth. For Pittsburgh, Josh Bell his sixth, Brian Reynolds his fourth, Adam Frazier hit his fifth. Kansas City 19-28, Pittsburgh 14-29. This was a football game, and the Bears ended up playing the Lions on Sunday. This could have looked like a Bears versus Lions score, but it was the Chicago and Detroit baseball teams, not the football teams. White Sox 14-0 over the Tigers. Reynaldo Lopez the win. He is 1-2. Five innings of shutout baseball for him. Michael Fulmer the loss for Detroit. He is 0-2. No save in the ball game. Jose Abreu. Oh, my goodness, Jose Abreu. This guy, in my opinion, should be the American League MVP. He hits two homers in the game. He's got 15 on the year. Both of them three-run homers. Abreu goes four for four with seven RBI and five runs scored. By the way, the other White Sox MVP candidate, Tim Anderson, he goes four for five with an RBI and two runs scored. Very much in contention for the American League batting title once again. White Sox 29 and 16, Tigers 20 and 25. Cubs double up the Brewers late four to two. Milwaukee had a two nothing lead going into the top of the ninth inning. That's when Jason Hayward hit a three-run homer to give Chicago the lead, and then Ildemaro Vargas, the former Minnesota twin, hit his first homer in a Cubs uniform to make it 4-2. to two. The only runs of the game for Milwaukee came on a two-run homer from Ryan Braun in the bottom of the fourth inning. Adam the winner, 1-1. One one. Hated the loser, 1-2. Craig Kimbrell the save, his second. Kimbrell allowed two hits, but he struck out one, didn't walk anybody, and for the most part, he was relatively okay. Every run in this game was decided by a homer. For Braun, it was his fourth homer, sixth for Jason Hayward, first for Ildemaro Vargas. Cubs 27-20, Brewers 20-23. and 23. 
Houston over Los Angeles 7-5 at Dodger Stadium. Josh James, the winner, 1-0. Kenley Jansen, the loser, 3-1. Ryan Presley with his ninth save. Dodgers had a 5-2 lead going into the top of the ninth inning. Houston scored five. That was capped off by a Josh Reddick double, a George Springer reach on a fielder's choice, an Alex Bregman RBI single, and an Uri Gurriel sacrifice fly. Astros at 523-23, Dodgers at 32-14. Homers in the game, none for Houston. For Los Angeles, Chris Taylor, his fourth. Kike Hernandez hit his fifth. Minnesota doubles up Cleveland 8-4 at target field. Rich Hill, the winner, he is 2-1. Five innings of two-run baseball for him, four hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts. Zach Plesak, the loss, he is 3-2. Five runs and seven innings for him. No save in the ballgame for Minnesota. Twins 29-18, Indians 26-20. Minnesota had a one-run lead going into the bottom of the eighth inning. They scored three runs. Homers in the game, the Bomba squad, they always have a lot of them. Marwin Gonzalez, his fourth. Estudio, his first for Minnesota. Byron Buxton, his eighth. Eddie Rosario hit his 10th, and Miguel Sano hit his 11th. So that's a total of five homers for the Bomba squad. Jose Ramirez hit his 11th for Cleveland. Extra innings in Colorado. Angels 5-2 over the Rockies. Winning pitcher Ty Buttry, he's 2-3. Kinley the loser, 0-2. Andriese, the save, his first. Jared Walsh hit a tie-breaking three-run homer in the top of the 11th inning, his fifth of the year. By the way, I am really happy for Jared Walsh. That's a guy that I covered in Summer League. 39th round pick, wasn't expected to make it, climbed all the way through the minors, did nothing but work hard, just an awesome dude. That was the only homer in the ballgame either side. Angels 19-28, Rockies 21-24. and Cardinals beat up on the Reds 7-1 at Bush Stadium. Dakota Hudson, the winner, 3-2. Hudson goes six innings of one-run baseball, just one hit allowed. He walked four, struck out four. T.J. Antone, the loss for Cincinnati, he is 0-2. Homers in the game, Brad Miller hit his sixth. Matt Carpenter, his third. Harrison Bader, his third. Paul Goldschmidt, his sixth. No homers for Cincinnati. St. Louis, 20-19. Reds, 20-26. Finally, Seattle over Arizona, 7-3 at Chase Field. Justice Sheffield, the win, he is 3-3. Seven innings of two-run baseball, five hits, three walks, and seven strikeouts. Zach Gallon takes the loss, he is 1-2. Seven runs on seven hits in five innings, five walks, and six strikeouts for him. Homers in the game, Ty France, his fourth. Jose Marmolejos, his fifth for Seattle. No homers for Arizona. Mariners, 20-25. Diamondback 17 and 30. That's it for Saturday. And as they like to say at Monster Truck Rallies, let's move on to Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. On Sunday, we start off with the Braves and the Nationals. Atlanta doubles up Washington 8 to 4. Kyle Wright finally gets a win. He is 1 and 4. He goes six innings of three run baseball. Max Scherzer the loss. He is 4 and 3. He allows six runs in five and a third innings, two walks, and ten strikeouts. Atlanta 28-19, Washington 17-28. Homers in the ballgame, Adam Duvall, his 14th for Atlanta. Ozzie Albies, 
hit his third for the Braves for Washington as Dribble Cabrera, his sixth. Yankees beat the Orioles 3-1. This may have very well put the Orioles' wildcard hopes in the coffin. Zach Britton, the winner out of the bullpen, he is 1-2. Britton goes a scoreless eighth inning. Dylan Tate, the loser, he is 1-1. One one. Two runs in an inning and a third. The save to Aroldis Chapman, his second. It was a 1-1 ball game going into the bottom of the eighth inning when Glaber Torres hit a two-RBI double to break a 1-1 tie. Homers in the game for New York, Tyler Wade, his second. Renato Nunez, his 11th. Orioles 20-26, and 26, Yankees 26-21. and 21. Red Sox double up the Rays 6-3. Winning pitcher Martin Perez, 3-4. Peter Fairbanks, the loser, 4-3. Matt Barnes, the save, his sixth. In the ball game, Perez goes five innings of two-run baseball, five hits, Two walks and six strikeouts, I should mention. Three total runs, two earned runs. Charlie Morton got the start for Tampa. Three earned runs in four and a third for him. Tampa 30-17, and 17, Boston 17-31. and 31. Homers in the ball game for Boston. It was Christian Vasquez with his fifth, Arroyo with his second. Kevin Smith hit his first for Tampa. Phillies and the Marlins had another doubleheader. It was a Marlins sweep. They go 2-1 in game one. Sixto Sanchez the winner. Rosso the loser. Sanchez goes seven innings of one-run baseball. Three hits, three walks, and four strikeouts. Marlins scored both of their runs in the bottom of the second inning. Phillies led 1-0 at the time. Check that bottom of the third. Corey Dickerson with an RBI single and Starling Marte with an RBI single. 8-1 8-1 for Miami in game two. Braxton Garrett, the winner, he is 1-0. Eflin, the loser, he is 2-2. Two two. Homers in the ball game for Miami. They had just one. It was Wallach, his first. Alec Bohm hit his third for Philly. Braxton Garrett, by the way, went five innings of one-run baseball for the Fish. He struck out six, allowed just three hits, walked only two in his Major League debut. Miami 23-21, Phillies 23-22. Kansas City 11-0 winners over Pittsburgh. They complete the sweep of the Buckos. Brad Keller with a complete game shutout. He is 4-2, five hits allowed, one walk, and just two strikeouts. Imagine that, a complete game shutout with just two strikeouts. Chad Cool, the loser, he is 1-2. He allowed nine runs in just two and a third innings. Homers in the game for Kansas City. Salvador Perez, his fifth. Hunter Dozier hit his sixth. Worth noting for Kansas City, they had three guys with at least three hits. Royals 20 and 28, Pirates 14 and 30. Minnesota 7-5 winners over Cleveland at Target Field. Thielbar the winner, he is 2 and 0. Tristan McKenzie picks up his first loss. He is 2 and 1. The save to Sergio Romo his fourth. Twins 30 and 18, Indians 26 and 21. Homers in the ball game. Marwin Gonzalez his fifth, Nelson Cruz his 16th, Jeffers his third. Josh Donaldson hit his fourth, no homers for Cleveland. White Sox edge the Tigers 5-2. They sweep Detroit. Jimmy Cordero with his first win. He is 1-2. Spencer Turnbull the loss. He is 4-3. Alex Colomay picks up his 11th save. 
Jonathan Stever made his big league debut for Chicago. The former fifth-round pick out of Indiana University allows one run in three and two-thirds innings, two hits, two walks, and three strikeouts. I called several Jonathan Stever starts when he was a member of the Great Falls Voyagers in 2018. White Sox 30-16, and 16, Tigers 20-26. and 26. Eloy Jimenez hit the only homer of the game, his 13th for the White Sox. Alec Mills had the no-hitter against Milwaukee. Cubs beat up on the Brewers 12 to nothing. Chicago 28 and 20, Milwaukee 20 and 24. Adrian Hauser took the loss. He is 1 and 5. He allowed 7 runs in 4 innings. Just 2 of them were earned. Alec Mills is 5 and 3. He walked 3 and struck out 5 again. He with the no-hitter. Both no-hitters this year have been thrown by Chicago pitchers, the other being the White Sox, Lucas Giolito. Only one homer in the game, David Bodie hit his sixth in the fifth inning for Chicago. Reds double up on the Cardinals 10-5 in St. Louis. Archie Bradley with the win, he is 2-0. John Gant, the loser, he is 0-3. Rysel Iglesias picks up his seventh save as he goes the final six outs for Cincy. Reds improve to 21 and 26. Cardinals back to 500 at 20 and 20. Homers in the game all on the red side. Brian Goodwin his fifth. Eugenio Suarez his 13th. Aristides Aquino hits his first. Remember Aquino was just taking the scene by storm last year with all of his mega bombs. Well he's been pretty quiet so far this year. Texas doubled up Oakland 6-3 at Globe Life Field. Lance Lynn, the winner, he is 6-2. Seven innings of one-run baseball, just three hits allowed, two walks and ten strikeouts. Frankie Montas, the loss, he is 3-4, four runs in five and a third, no save in this ballgame. Rangers 17-30, A's 29-17. Tommy LaStella hit a home run for Oakland, his fifth. Derek Dietrich hit his third for Texas. Jeff Mathis hit his second for the Rangers. Rugnet Odor, his sixth for the Rangers as well. Toronto, 7-3 winners over the New York Mets in Buffalo. Hinjin Ryu with the win. He is 4-1, six innings of one-run baseball, no walks and seven strikeouts. He did allow eight hits. David Peterson, a loss. He is 4-2, two, two runs and five innings of work for him. No save in this ball game. Lourdes Gurriel hit his seventh homer. For Toronto, no homers for New York. Blue Jays 26 and 20, Mets 21 and 26. Angels 5-3 winners over the Colorado Rockies. Andrew Haney the winner, he is 4 and 3. Estevez the loser, he is 1 and 3. Andrew Isi the save, his second. Haney goes 7 innings of 3-run baseball for LA. 8 strikeouts, no walks for him. Angels take the series. They are 20 and 28. Rockies fall to 21 and 25. Albert Pujols, as we had mentioned, hit his fourth homer of the year. He has tied Willie Mays for fifth on the all-time home run list at 660. Rockies got a homer from Matt Kemp, his sixth of the year. As dire as it may have seemed for Colorado losing the last two games to the Angels, well, they got some help from the Giants who got swept by the Padres in their doubleheader. Padres blanked the Giants 6-0 in Game 1. Mike Clevenger the win. He is 3-2. That's combined between the National League and the American League. Seven innings of shutout baseball. Two hits allowed, one walk and seven strikeouts. 
Johnny Cueto, the loss, he is 2-1. Six runs, four earned in five and a third innings. There were no homers in this ballgame. Meanwhile, game two, Padres edged the Giants 3-1 at Petco Park. Hill, the winner, 3-0. Selman, the loser, 1-1. Trevor Rosenthal picks up his 10th save of this season. Padres 31-17, Giants 23-24. Only homer in the ballgame, Will Myers, his 12th. That came in the second inning off of Giants starter Logan Webb. Padres scored the go-ahead runs in the bottom of the fifth inning on a Jerickson Profar single and a Manny Machado single. Mariners beat the Arizona Diamondbacks 7-3 for the second straight day. Sadler, the winner, he is 1-0. He goes two innings out of the bullpen in relief of Justin Dunn. Luke Weaver takes the loss. He is 1-7 for Arizona. Although he pitched well, two runs on four hits over five innings, three walks, and three strikeouts. No homers in the game on either side. Most worthwhile performance, though, was from Donnie Walton, who goes one for four with three RBI for the Seattle Mariners. Mariners are 21 and 25, Diamondbacks 17 and 31. Finally, last game of the evening, Sunday night baseball. It was Dodgers, Astros, LA 8-1 winners over Houston. Gonzalez, the winner, he is 3-0. The Dodgers went with a true bullpen game as they used eight different pitchers. Gratterall got the start, Josh Spores came in, then Gonzalez, McGee, Floro, Alex Wood, Caleb Ferguson, and Kenley Jansen. Zach Greinke, the loser, he is 3-2 as he allows five runs in this ballgame. Dodgers, 33-14, Astros, 23-24. Homers in the game for Houston. Their lone run came on George Springer's ninth homer of the year. For the Dodgers, A.J. Pollock is 10th, Mookie Betts is 15th, Chris Taylor hit his fifth. Chris Taylor had a three-RBI game. That does it for the Sunday recaps. Now let's take a look at today's ball games. We've got a pretty light slate of games. It is a Monday. Reds and Pirates are going to play a doubleheader in Cincinnati. Game one will start at 4:10 Eastern time. Cody Ponce for Pittsburgh, one and one with a 3-4-6 against Trevor Bauer for Cincinnati, four and three with a 1-7-4. Game two will be Mitch Keller for Pittsburgh, one and one with a 3-5-2 against Anthony DeSclafani, one and two with a 7-20 ERA. Phillies and Marlins will play one more game of their weird seven-game series. It will be Velasquez for Philly. Vince Velasquez, no record of 5.85 ERA. Pablo Lopez for Miami, 3-4 with a 4.5 ERA. A's and Mariners are going to play a doubleheader in Seattle. Jesus Lazardo in game one, a 5-10 Eastern, 2-10 Pacific time start. 2-2 two two with a 3.97 ERA. Marco Gonzalez for the Mariners. 5-2 with a 3.02 ERA. Game 2 will be Mike Miner for the A's. 0-5 with a 6.35 ERA. Mariners have yet to announce a starter. Cardinals and Brewers are going to play a doubleheader. It'll be KK Kim for St. Louis in Game 1. 2-0 with a .83 ERA. Josh Lindblom for Milwaukee. 1-3 with an ERA of 6. In Game 2, it'll be Daniel Ponce de Leon. 0-3 with a 7.47 ERA. Corbin Burns for Milwaukee, 3-0 with a 1-9-9. Braves are at the Orioles at 7.35 Eastern time. By the way, the Brewers doubleheader will get started at 4.10 Central time. 
Tuki Toussaint in the Braves Orioles game goes for Atlanta. 0 1 with a 7 8 9. Jorge Lopez for Baltimore. 1 0 with a 6.38 earned run average. Twins are at the White Sox. This is effectively a battle for first place. Jose Barrios for Minnesota. 4 3 with a 4 4 ERA. Dylan Cease for Chicago. 5 2 with an ERA of 3.33. And then the showdown in San Diego. Dodgers and Padres at 6-10 Pacific time. This is a series that could potentially decide the National League West. Starter has yet to be announced for Los Angeles. Denilson Lamette will go for San Diego 2-1 with a 2-24. That's it for today. Let's look at the standings and some league leaders. I'm not going to do the full schedule breakdown like last time. Let's just go through the standings and then do the wild cards. In the American League East, Tampa at 30 and 17. They're three and a half clear of Toronto at 26 and 20. Yankees are four back of the Rays, half game back of the Blue Jays at 26 and 21. Baltimore at 20 and 26. They're nine and a half back of Tampa. They are six back of Toronto and five and a half back of a wild card spot. In the American League Central, the White Sox lead at 30 and 16. Minnesota is a full game behind them at 30 and 18. Cleveland in third place, 26 and 21. They're four and a half games back of Chicago, three and a half of Minnesota. Detroit at 20 and 26. They're 10 back of the White Sox, nine back of the Twins, five and a half out of a wild card. Kansas City, meanwhile, is at 20 and 28. They're 11 back. They're six and a half back in the wild card, and they are 11 back of Minnesota. In the American League West, the A's, who still have games to make up, they're in first at 29 and 17. They're six and a half clear of Houston, who's at 23 and 24. The Mariners are at 21 and 25. They are just a game and a half behind Houston for second place in the American League West. They're four and a half back of the wild card. Angels are at 20 and 28. They're 10 back of Oakland, three and a half back of Houston. They're six and a half back of the last wild card. So in the American League West, it is a lot easier for you to get to second place than it is to get one of the final two wildcard seats. Texas is at 17 and 30. They're 12 and a half back of Oakland. They're nine and a half back of a wildcard. They're six and a half back of Houston for second place. So in the American League, if it ended today, White Sox would be the number one seed. Rays would be number two. The A's would be number three. Number four would be Minnesota. Number five would be Toronto. Number six, Houston. Number seven and eight are tied, Yankees and the Indians. In terms of the wild card, Seattle is the next closest at four and a half back. I said that Baltimore was going to have to do something major against the Yankees if they wanted to get back in this. They get swept. They've lost five in a row, and the Orioles are pretty much done. You can say, say la vie, Baltimore. That is it for the Orioles. So the American League playoff picture looks pretty much set, with the exception of Houston and Seattle. There is a chance that the Mariners end up getting into the playoffs over the Houston Astros because they're only a game and a half back. Now, the Mariners have got a doubleheader against Oakland tomorrow, and I'm going to go back and look at the schedule here now because I think it's important. Basically, the American League playoffs are set with the exception of one spot which is second place in the American League West. They've got a doubleheader against the A's today, then two at home against the Giants, 
three at home against the Padres, and then they've got the Astros for three at home. That's their only head-to-head against Houston the rest of the year. That will make or break, in my opinion, what happens with that second-place spot in the American League. But the Astros, they're not playing very well. Apparently, Justin Verlander threw a bullpen of about 55 to 60 pitches. I don't necessarily know if you're at a point where you can bring him back in anything but a bullpen role at this point. Everybody thought he was done for the season. He showed everybody that he might not be done for the season. But however you look at it, Houston is not nearly as good as they've been in the past. They've been devastated by injury, and at this point, I think it is only a matter of time before their luck runs out, at least for this year. Maybe it'll be the young Mariners that end up putting the nail in that coffin. Let's go to the National League. In the East, Atlanta 28-19. and They're three and a half clear of Miami at 23-21. and They're four clear of Philadelphia at 23-22. and Phillies are just a half game back of the Marlins for second place in the National League East. The Phillies are the number one wild card seed right now, so they have the best record of all of the teams that are not in second place. Cubs in the Central, 28 and 20. I should finish the division, pardon me. Mets are at 21 and 26. They are seven back of Atlanta, three and a half back of Miami for second place. They're two games back of a wild card. In the Central, the Cubs, oh, I didn't do the Nationals. Oh my gosh. I am really messing this up right now. Washington 17-28. They're 10 back in the division. They're 5 back of a wild card. So they're not dead, but they're on life support. In the National League Central, the Cubs 28-20. They're 4 games of St. Louis at 20-20. Cardinals still have a lot more games to catch up. That's an 8-game difference between the two clubs. So St. Louis has got to make up eight games relative to the rest of the competition. They're going to start by doing so against Milwaukee today. Brewers are at 20 and 24. They're six back of the Cubs. They're two back of St. Louis. They're a game and a half back of the wild card. Cincinnati, 21 and 26. They're six and a half back in the division. They're two back in the wild card. Pittsburgh, they're done. 14 and 30, 12 back in the division, seven and a half back in the wild card. So, At this point, the Cardinals are a complete unknown because they've got so many games that they have to make up. Let's look at the National League West to get a determination in regards to what the seeding is going to look like and what wildcard scenarios we have to play out. Dodgers, 33-14. They're just two and a half clear now of San Diego, who they start a series with tonight. Padres are at 31-17. Padres are eight and a half. My math is bad. Seven and a half clear of San Francisco, who is 10 back in the division and seven and a half back of second place. Giants are at 23 and 24. They have the last wild card spot. Colorado is at 21 and 25. They're 11 and a half back in the division. They're a game and a half back of the Giants for the final wild card spot. Arizona is at 17 and 31. They are pretty much out of it. They're 16 and a half back in the division, six and a half back in the wild card. So if the season ended today, Dodgers number one seed, Braves number two. Cubs get the number three. Padres are going to be the number four. San Diego will be at worst the number four when the season comes to an end. At best, they'll be the number one. They still have a chance for it. 
Miami's 23 and 21. They would be the five. Cardinals are at 20 and 20. They would be the six. Currently, the seven would be Philly at 23 and 22. The eight would be San Francisco. In the wild card, Milwaukee 20 and 24. Colorado 21 and 25. They're both a game and a half back. Mets and Reds 21 and 26. They're two back. That is what you're looking for in regards to the wild card at this point. The Giants are going to be a really interesting watch down the stretch because they have outperformed their expectations. I want to look at the rest of the Giants' schedule because the Giants have been playing probably better baseball than all of the other teams that are vying for that number eight spot. But let's just take a look and see what they've got remaining. We went over this on Friday. I'm going to do it again just to give you an evaluation in regards to what to expect. So the Giants will be in Seattle tomorrow and Wednesday. They'll then have an off day on Thursday. Then they'll play three games at the Oakland Coliseum. The Giants turned their season around after they got swept by the A's in San Francisco. So we'll see how this swing against the AL West is going to fare. Giants will finish with seven straight at home, four with the Rockies, which will effectively decide whether or not it's the Giants or the Rockies that is the NL West's contender for that wild card spot. And then they've got three more with the Padres. And I don't think the Padres are going to be letting up because they'll still have a chance at that number one seed by the time that final series of the year comes about. It is going to be very telling to see where the Giants are at when they enter their series against the Rockies. Whether the Giants are in the eighth spot or just behind the Rockies when that series starts may not matter. But in regards to momentum and in regards to the amount of games that are still going to have to be made up in the National League Central, what that does to the Brewers, what that does to the Reds, I'll be very intrigued to see where the wild card is at afterwards. And we still don't know what's going to end up happening with the Phillies. They're not that far ahead of the Giants, only a game and a half, at least that is what it is right now. That's it for the standings. Let's go to some league leaders. So with a lot of teams, you're at about 48 games, so you've only got a week plus left to go in the season. So the sample sizes for some are smaller than others, but at this point, I think if you've only missed about maybe 10 games, you're probably still good in regards to an award. Batting average-wise, Tim Anderson has missed some games for the White Sox. He's played 36 total, but he's leading Major League Baseball with a 362 average. Second is Juan Soto of the Nats at 354. He's only played in 32 games. DJ LeMayhew at 350. The Yankees' second baseman has played in 37. Fourth is Donovan Solano of the Giants. He's played in 42. He's hitting 349. Fifth place is Trey Turner of the Nats. He's hitting 348. He's played in 45 games. But comparatively, when you look at the league leader in hits, it's Trey Turner with 64. Jose Abreu of the White Sox is second with 60. Michael Conforto tied for second with 60 as well, the Mets outfielder. Tied for fourth, Charlie Blackman of the Rockies, 57. Freddie Freeman of the Braves, 57. Manny Machado of the Padres, 57. And Marcelo Zuna of the Braves, 57. Eighth is Tim Anderson. So he has a chance... A small chance, but a chance to also lead the league in hits. He has been absolutely dynamite. But so is Jose Abreu. Abreu, though, does not lead the American League in homers. He is tied for fourth. Tied for first, three guys. Nelson Cruz of the Twins, 
Mike Trout of the Angels, Luke Voigt of the Yankees, they all have 16. Obreu, Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, and Fernando Tatis Jr. of the Padres, they all have 15. So Abreu is tied for fourth in the American League and tied for fourth in all of baseball. Tied for seventh, Adam Duvall of the Braves, Teoscar Hernandez of the Blue Jays, and Marcelo Zuna of the Braves with 14 each. So these are all guys that have a chance to win the home run title in their respective leagues, if not Major League Baseball. Jose Abreu is second in Major League Baseball in hits. He is also first in Major League Baseball in RBI. He's got 48. Jose Abreu, in less than half a full season, has a chance to eclipse 50 RBI. In fact, he may end up with 60 RBI, which means in a normal season, he would be, and granted, I know that the pace ebbs and flows, he may end up in a normal season with close to 140 RBI. That's awesome. So Abreu's first at 48. Freddie Freeman and Marcelo Zuna tied for second at 43. Tatis is fourth at 40. Tied for fifth, Machado and Trout at 39. Also tied for seventh, Matt Olson, the A's at 38. Dominic Smith of the Mets at 38 as well. On-base percentage is big, in my opinion. I value it very highly. Juan Soto of the Nationals at 482. Freddie Freeman of the Braves at 459. Paul Goldschmidt of the Cardinals at 444, Anthony Rendon of the Angels at 433, Michael Conforto of the Mets at 428. OPS, I know everybody loves them some OPS. Juan Soto at 1217, Nelson Cruz 1089, Freddie Freeman 1084, Mike Trout 1051, Dominic Smith 1033. Stolen bases. 16 for Adalberto Mondesi. He leads all of baseball. Trevor Story of the Rockies. He is second at 14. Mondesi, by the way, plays for the Royals. Tied for third with 11. Manuel Margot of the Rays. Dylan Moore of the Mariners. And Jonathan Villar of the Blue Jays. They all have 11. Jose Ramirez is sixth with 10. Those are the only six guys in all of Major League Baseball with double-digit stolen bases. I am thoroughly convinced at this point that the MVP should be Jose Abreu. Abreu is second in the American League in hits. He's hitting 317 with a 361 on base percentage. Everybody loves Mike Trout. I get it. Everybody loves Mike Trout. Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Mike Trout. Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Mike Trout, Mike Trout. Because every time we talk about who should be the American League MVP, everybody goes, Mike Trout! Look at what Jose Abreu has done this year. He is obliterating the American League lead in RBI. All right, I gave you the top five in all of baseball. He leads Mike Trout by nine. Nine! He has nine more RBI than Trout. Trout is tied for fifth in baseball. He's second in the American League. Matt Olson's got 38. He is third in the American League. Jose Abreu is the only guy in baseball that has a chance to get to 60 RBI. He's at 15 homers. Trout's at 16. Trout's hitting 296. Abreu 317. Trout's on base is 403. Abreu's is 361. Trout's slugging percentage is 648. Abreu's is 619. 
The White Sox are in first place. The Angels are in fourth. Who is having the truly better year? By some metrics, it's Abreu. By other metrics, it's Trout. Total hits. Let's look at total hits. Abreu, 60. Trout, 48. I think that's important. Extra base hits. Abreu's got 12 doubles. Trout's got 7. So extra base hits. Abreu's got 27. Trout has 24. However it slices, these should be the top two guys in the American League. Now, you can make an argument for Shane Bieber. I'm not sure that I'm going to make that argument, at least not in a 60-game season. Because if the Indians are in third, maybe it is Bieber that's the difference between them making or missing the playoffs. But if you're going strictly from a position player standpoint, I am solely going with these two guys. Tim Anderson, maybe, if he wins another batting title. But I got to go with Abreu and Trout are probably the top two guys. I know that I just made a goo-goo-ga-ga rant about Mike Trout. Yes, Mike Trout is having a very good year. Mike Trout has consistently gotten on base at a 400-plus clip. But Mike Trout plays on a team that could finish in last place in the American League West. Jose Abreu is playing for currently the best team in the American League. And the third best record in baseball overall. I gotta go with Jose Abreu. Call me biased. That's what I feel. National League. It's going to be a runaway, in my opinion, for Fernando Tatis Jr. He's hitting 293. His on-base is 385, so it's almost 100 points more. His OPS is at 999, a slugging of 614. 15 homers, which is second in all of baseball, and is tied for first in the National League with Mookie Betts. RBI, he's got 40. In terms of his ranking in baseball, that's fourth. It is second in the National League, or rather I should say third. Freddie Freeman and Marcelo Zuna, they each have 43. Marcelo Zuna has got a case for National League MVP as well. He's got 43 RBI, 14 homers, a 318 average and a 406 on base, an OPS of 1020. Manny Machado also has a case for NL MVP. He's got fewer homers than Tatis. He's got fewer RBI. He's got a higher batting average, lower on base percentage, lower slugging percentage, lower OPS. So those two might get in a stat fight, but they've each played 48 games. Those guys are in the lineup every single day. Freddie Freeman has a chance to be the MVP as well. His homer numbers are lower. His batting average is higher. He's tied for the NL lead in RBI. His on-base percentage is at 459. Freddie Freeman is having quite possibly, at least in the scale of where Freddie Freeman is compared to where he would be in a normal season, he's quite possibly having the best season of his career. He's got 57 total hits which puts him tied for fourth in baseball and tied for third in the National League. Trey Turner's got 64, Michael Conforto with 60, Charlie Blackman with 57. NL MVP is going to be tough. I would say it's going to be a very close race between Freddie Freeman and Fernando Tatis Jr. Those are my top two guys. Marcelo Zuna has a chance as well, as does Manny Machado, but this is going to be fascinating. Your top four MVP candidates in each league are both on the same two teams. 
Now you're probably wondering, well, what about Mookie Betts? Mookie Betts is hitting 301 with a 381 on base. 15 homers, 35 RBI, 52 hits. Mookie Betts is having a very good year. He does not have the same RBI numbers. He does not have the same on-base numbers. He does not have the same amount of hits. He is not currently, in my opinion, on the same level statistically. Now, granted, that could change. He's not on the same level statistically with the rest of those guys that I said. But it is also worth noting, when you're talking about valuable player, Mookie Betts is one of a team of very good players. Great players, you could say. The guys that I mentioned mean more to their collective whole than Mookie Betts does to the Dodgers. That's not devaluing what Mookie Betts is to the Dodgers, but the Dodgers have got Corey Seager and Cody Bellinger and a stud pitching staff. Again, we've got 12 games left in the season, at least for the teams that have played their maximum amount of games. The statistics at the end of the year and the playoff positioning is going to decide a lot of it. So let's move on to the pitching. Top five in the league in ERA. Shane Bieber of the Indians at 1-5-3. Jacob DeGrom of the Mets at 1-6-7. Trevor Bauer of the Reds at 1-7-4. Hugh Darvish of the Cubs at 1-7-7. Max Fried of the Braves at 1-9-8. Innings pitched. Let's roll with Lance Lynn of the Rangers at 71.1. He's the only pitcher in Major League Baseball with over 70 innings. Kyle Hendricks of the Cubs at 65.2. Shane Bieber, 64.2. Herman Marquez of the Rockies at 62. Lucas Giolito of the White Sox at 60.1. Let's go to wins. In terms of wins, nobody has more than seven wins in all of baseball right now. That would be Shane Bieber, Hugh Darvish, and then Zach Davies of the Padres, who has seven. He is seven and two. Tied for fourth with six, Randy Dobnak of the Twins, Max Fried, Dallas Keuchel, and Lance Lynn. Worth noting that of all of the guys with five wins, two of them are relief pitchers, Jonathan Hernandez of the Rangers and Caleb Berger of the Giants. Let's roll now to strikeouts. Shane Bieber is obliterating the competition. He's got 102. Lucas Giolito's got 82. Garrett Cole with 79. Lance Lynn with 79. Max Scherzer with 79. And Jacob deGrom with 79. One more category for you, and that's the saves category. And this is a category that I think is being underestimated this year. But we've got six guys this year that have double-digit saves. Brad Hand and Liam Hendricks of the Indians and A's respectively have 12. Alex Colomay of the White Sox with 11. Kenley Jansen, Mark Melanson, and Trevor Rosenthal of the Dodgers, Braves, and Padres respectively each have 10. American League Cy Young, in my opinion, is all but wrapped up. It's Shane Bieber, 1-5-3 ERA leads the American League, or rather second to Lance Lynn, in innings pitched. He is going to obliterate second place in terms of strikeouts. He's got 102. That is amazing. So I think Shane Bieber is going to win the American League Cy Young going away. Second place probably is going to end up being Lance Lynn at a 240 ERA and a 6-2 record. If Dallas Keuchel comes back off the IL, 
and wins each of his last two starts. If he has two more starts, he has an outside chance, but it's going to be Shane Bieber. In the National League, it's a little bit more complicated. You Darvish has had a great year. 7-2 with a 1-7-7. Zach Davies, 7-2 with a 2-4-8. Darvish with 56 innings. Davies with 54.1. Max Freed has pitched less innings, 50. His ERA, 1.98, a 6-0 record. Jacob deGrom, we always have to talk about Jacob deGrom. deGrom doesn't get the same type of respect because he doesn't win as much. And the reason being is that he gets very little run support because he plays on the Mets. Somebody was mentioning Corbin Burns of the Brewers, who has a 199 ERA in 45 and a third innings. He's got three wins. I know a lot of people say, well, wins don't matter. Wins in this season, I believe, do matter. Jacob deGrom, by the way, just because we wanted to look up his stats, he is 4-1 with a 167 ERA in 54 innings. DeGrom, Freed, Darvish, Davies. Those are your four for the National League Cy Young. I think it's going to end up being you, Darvish. I think you, Darvish, has been absolutely dominant when he has been on this year. You, Darvish, has been consistently the best pitcher in the National League this year. Max Freed has been awesome. I think it's going to be you, Darvish. But again, one start because of how much each game means is going to have a big inflection point on a guy's ERA, on a guy's record. What people think makes a difference on whether or not they should win an award or come in second. Award season is going to be very interesting. And we thank you for sticking with us here on MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. Thanks for listening to this broadcast, and make sure you catch us in the AM. As always, Black Lives Matter.